Imagine you gave a dollar a day to a worthy cause, but you did it along with thousands of Jewish people around the globe, and you all donated to one cause every single day. Thousands of your $1 bills pulled together towards one cause daily. What's the impact of your dollar then? You don't have to imagine it. You can and should do it by joining Daily Giving today. Head over to dailygiving.org and become a daily giver today. That's dailygiving.org. Jewish Money Matters, episode 338, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Friday, July 14th. It's actually Erev Shabbat, Shabbat Shabbat Mevarchim. We bless the, the new month, the month of Av. So yeah, I guess that's it. Tisha B'Av is coming. <laughs> we can't escape it, I guess, unless Mashiach comes this week or he comes today. But anyway, um, going back to what's been happening around here, I went away for a bit. I found a wonderful beach I did not know about. And other than that, I hope everybody is, you know, doing well wherever you are this summer, beach or not. Uh, this week, we have a fabulous conversation on the podcast with Rabbi Shmuley Rothman, fundraising coach. You know, this is an episode that it's uh, about a lot a lot more than fundraising. Really, really, really worth listening. Nuggets of wisdom. Very, very, very nice conversation all about the relationship with money, bitachon, and so much more. So I'm going to turn quickly to the Apple review section since I'm running quite late today, actually. And I'm going to say thank you to Ah, none other than Live a Little Higher, who left a review on July 3rd. Well, you know who that is, right? Live a Little Higher. My super friend, Margie Scherer, she's been here on the show. She was here on the show many moons ago, actually, and might be time to bring her back. Uh, since then, since those early, early days of the show, we've become very, very close, very fr- good friends, collaborated on many projects. She was actually one of my most beloved speakers at my Bitachot Boost retreat two summers ago. Uh, I participate in Margie's class every Monday night. She participates in my class on Thursday nights. Uh, we, we, yeah, we're close. So, so if you didn't know, Margie Sharer has a beautiful platform called little, live a little higher.com. Incredible. Definitely worth checking it out. Tremendous amount of Torah content. Um, and I'm sure you can sign up to be in her live classes. You can contact, you can follow her, all the things. So here's what she says. She gives it a five-star review. This is again, July 3rd. Commitment. Loved your episode with Joyce Azria. So many gems in one podcast. We'll have to listen to it a few times. What struck me the most is her commitment to God, her husband, children, and her business. Everything that matters to her, she is committed to. You know, you're right. Live a little higher. I mean, Margie, you're right. You know, this showed in the episode, and, and I think we know this personally because we know her, and it, it that this this is the case. Uh, and if you don't know what uh, Margie slash Live a Little Higher is referring to in, the, in her review, she's talking about 
uh, my episode of the Joyce Astria, which aired, I, th- I want to say two, three weeks ago, that's episode 334, truly, truly exceptional, uh, exceptional person, exceptional episode. Um, all right. So live a little higher. You know where to find me. Let's connect. Although we seem to be talking all the time, but let's just, t- let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. Uh, thank you again for your kind review. You know that I, I really respect your opinion tremendously. So I'm very honored that you submitted this review. All right. Let's go to the mailbag. Hadassah says via email, she says, Hi, Yael, I am so much enjoying your podcast. My 11-year-old just started earning money babysitting and doing odd jobs for people. Yay! All right, I want to use this as a teaching opportunity. What should I encourage her to do with that money? Is there a way to open a bank account for her? At what age do we want our kids to start saving and learning fiscal responsibility? Thanks in advance. All right, beautiful question. Yes, Hadassah, you are onto something. You're absolutely right. This is a teaching opportunity. Um, It's honestly never too early to start teaching these things. And um, you know, we've talked about this on the show. Kids, kids are learning by by watching us. Uh, definitely, eleven. It's a good time to start teaching her those, you know, more solid skills. Uh, you know, at this point, she already has a. You know, they've they've internalized so much. So definitely, what should you encourage her to do with the money? Let's talk about skills, okay? So first, we are Jewish. So the first thing to do is the first rule of Jewish money management is everybody on this show knows it. It's miser. It's giving, right? You teach her to separate. 10% minimum. We'll talk at some point about Homish a little bit more in depth, but right now, again, the minimum is 10%. 10% of that money, that is non-negotiable. Separate it. Uh, and then you talk about, you decide where she, or she decides, right, where she wants to give it. That's the conversation that's going to happen, right? Does she want to put it in the pushka, in the tzedakah box? Does she want to give it to a homeless person? Does she want to take it to her school office or her synagogue office as a donation? Does she want to put in the family's MISER account, maker participant. This is her MISER, right? So first thing is MISER and having conversations about what is meaningful for her. This is going to be an ongoing conversation that you're going to be having from now on. And of course, you know, you for yourself, you should be doing this um, at home as well, right? Uh, It is a little bit harder to teach something to our children if they don't see us doing it also. So this should be an open conversation. This is how we manage money in this family, right? Otherwise, it's going to be a little bit harder, right? Um, To kind of cement the lessons, not impossible, but a little harder. So we want to, definitely we want to model, right? That's the first rule of parenting. (laughs) So my sir is first, that's the first thing. Then, What you can now start doing is yes, definitely for sure. Open a bank account for her. Um, so, you know, I'm in the States and here I like capital one. I I find it really, really easy. Um, I like their kids savings accounts. They're tied to my account. Uh, I can see it all in the same dashboard. I can see, I can easily make transfers between my account and their account. So for example, you know, nowadays babysitting money that you spoke about, people tend to pay them via Zelle, right? So they pay me via Zelle and literally in the click of a button, I just put it into their savings account. Now, in our case, very, very often at this point, my kids will say, please put the MICER in the family um, in the family, um, MISER account. So again, another click of a button and it's transferred and they can see me do it too. Right. Um, or they could do it themselves. I have no problem with that. All right. So, you know, this is a savings account. Um, it, it doesn't mean it makes much interest. We're not doing it for the interest, right? It, 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 it's probably almost nothing. But the point here is that this kind of acts at, 
especially now in the earlier years as their quote unquote checking account, right? It's just a place that holds them their money. Now, it's not a checking account. It's not a, doesn't have a debit card attached to it. They don't get to just, you know, have debit cards yet. When they're older, they do. This is just a place where they park their money and that the money that they would want to have liquid, quote unquote liquid, right? Or you can also treat it as a proper savings account and just have them keep liquid more, um, more, more liquid money in the room or in their wallet, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So you can have, since they're young, right. And we're talking, we're not talking about big amounts. Um, they can keep whatever, $10, $7, I don't know, $20 in their room or in their wallet or in their whatever. And then the rest is in their savings account where you're, you're talking to them about the fact that, you know, what do you want to save it for, right? What is this going to be for? Um, and and they, they learn that habit that some some goes to Meister, some stays with them, that that's what they can use to spend on candy or I don't know, go to the dollar store, I don't know, whatever little children do. Um, and then the rest are saving up for something bigger, right? Um, so, what I'm saying is we start teaching them to think in buckets, which is the same way we should be thinking, right? Now, beyond that kid's savings account, what I do recommend is that you have an investment account for your kids and you teach them that part of the money that they make goes to MICER, part they get to keep to spend and part goes to saving and part goes to investing. So again, you get to decide how you're going to manage the savings piece, um, in terms of like, do I just have a, a savings account and, and not, you know, not, not necessarily an investment account. But the point here is that there always has to be money that they can use for whatever they want. And then they're, then the money that they are saving, whether it be um, for the longer term or the shorter term. So I like to already set them up with kind of this dynamic where there's my sir, there's money that you get to spend on, you know, spend with, and then there's money that you are saving um, for the future. Now that future might be, you know, again, you have to see how comfortable you are with this, but let's say that you do want them to start understanding that there's money they're saving for the future, meaning investing. You can go to Vanguard very, very easily. You can open a custodial account or a Roth IRA, custodial Roth IRA. And I have episodes where we've just dedicated the episode to explaining the difference between these things. Um, and you can put their money in a low cost index fund and just let them see how that money grows over time, right? Just something that tracks the entire stock market. Again, this is not stock picking. This is not, it's just, it's just, just the experience of having that money grow. And, you know, as they get older, you're going to see like, wow, like when they start hitting 16, 17 and they, they see that that money has been growing, you know, and also beyond that, evidently the more time, the better. But so look, Basically, as they make more money, you're going to see, um, look, you're going to see that they make more money, by the way. Kids can make money. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, I have a 15-year-old working in a camp, plus she's taking a fixed babysitting job at, for two, the two weeks after camp is over. Both are paying her quite, quite well. I think between those jobs and what she's, between that job, babysitting job and what she's making in camp, she's going to walk away with over $1,000 this summer. She's only 15. I mean, that's not too bad. I, I wasn't making $1,000 in a summer of 15. I, I was sitting by the beach in the pool the whole summer. So anyway, so yeah, they start making money. So some of that money goes to MICER. Some of it goes to their bank account and some get stashed away into their investment account, which in this case is more like their savings, right? Um, now, again, 
If this is confusing to you, if you're not ready for the investing piece, just think in buckets, right? Same thing. Some goes to MySer, some goes to their wallet, that's their spending money, and then some goes to their savings account, and that's kind of the untouchable, the savings or the, you know, not untouchable, meaning that they can, they're saving up for something bigger later than the road with I don't know what time horizon that is right so in my case my kids take 10% my sir then how do we split the remaining 90% so it used to be that they kept um I don't really remember honestly at this point but let's say they kept 50% in savings and then the other 40% went to the inv- their investment accounts yeah that makes sense that's what they did now um why don't I remember? The reason I don't remember is because as they grew up and they got used to managing their money like that and and just keeping very little money handy, um, because thankfully they don't really need that much cash around. Um, and as they made more money, I would just ask them, hey, do you already have like $300 sitting in your savings account from like the last few jobs, like or 500 sometimes or even more? Are you planning to buy something big in the near future? Um, so the answer might be yes, I'm buying myself a camera, I don't know, and that's fine. But many, many, very often the answer was no, actually just keep $50 there and put the rest in my investment account or keep a hundred there. And so that kind of became their, their narrative, by the way, mommy, don't keep so much in my savings account. I don't really need it. And also because they're making money more frequently. So again, they just know that the money just kind of flows in. So, you know, even if I needed something bigger that my parents weren't going to buy, like I'll, I'll, I work in Hebrew school or I do this or I do that. Right. So, you know, it became kind of this like, yeah, they don't keep a lot of money in their savings account because they, they don't really need it. And they put a lot more into their investment account. So either way, just think in buckets and teach her to think in buckets, right? There's four buckets. There's the miser bucket, the spending bucket, the savings bucket, and the investing bucket, right? And as they get older, though, you can get them a teen account. And this, it's like a checking account. Um, and I actually do that with Capital One. Again, I mean, this is not sponsored. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's other online banks that have such a system. I just like the way this works. Um, um, you, I have a teen account for my teenagers. You get to monitor the account. You get to add money, take money out. Um, also if they have a smartphone, they have access to their account balance. They have a debit card. So of course I have older teens who live out of town, so they do need access to, to cash. So they have their teen accounts. So, um, now they also still continue to have that savings account I was referring to before, um, and that they've been used to since there were eight, 10, 11, right. And their investment account as well. So now they get number one, whatever money I give them to live on a monthly basis, because they live away from home, that goes into their checking account that's tied to their debit card, right? And that's the money they get to manage. They get that. That's all they get from me, you know, unless there's some sort of, I don't know, dire emergency, God forbid there never has been. But I'm saying like, that's just kind of like they know that's what you have to work with, right? Um, and, and, And they know what that money is meant for and what other things are things that I would definitely cover. But like, there's certain things that we've talked about that 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 money's for. So they have that money in their checking account. And then if they want to take from their savings account and transfer to their checking account for something that's beyond what I provide for them, that's their choice, right? They, they have 
jobs. They're making money. They have money there, right? Or if they want to keep it in savings, they do until whenever they want to use it. Um, and then they also have money that they keep in their investment account, which they won't be talking uh, touching till me- very much later in adulthood. And again, anytime they make money, they, 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 we make those choices. Sometimes it involves a conversation. Sometimes it's just really very automatic um, where they keep something in savings and then they say um please send you know let's say some like now my daughter's gonna make a lot of money i get i know her already i know she's probably gonna keep maybe maybe 50 100 dollars and the rest is gonna go into her investment account okay um so good job hadassah thinking buckets and again you should be doing this also for yourself so it's all really all the same we're teaching them the same mechanics as we do or as we should be doing. And by the way, guys, if we're not doing them yet, and you know, this is kind of new to us, and we're starting to land, you know, it's starting to land for us. Just I want to I want to go back to something that Bobby rebels has said here on the show once she's the author of launching financial grownups. And, and something we talked about in that episode is, if there's something that we're not doing yet, don't be scared to learn it with your child. You know, very often, like we, we have such shame and such fear. No, don't deprive them of the good skills because of the out of fear that to show our weakness, I guess you could call it or whatever it is. No, let's turn it into a strength by growing and learning together with your child. All right. So that was just parting words of encouragement for everybody. All right. Rena, Rena asks on LinkedIn, do you always give when people ask you? All right. Awesome question. Similar to something that was asked a few weeks ago when um, I can't remember, I think maybe it was Alexia. Uh, We talked about giving even when we don't have it, right? We had a whole conversation and this whole idea of testing God. So look, it's very personal, right? Should we try to give any time the opportunity presents itself? Absolutely, of course. But not always that's possible, right? It's not always that we can do it. We do what we can. So I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about, you know, the dollar from your wallet at the streetlight. It, it kind of goes without saying that we will do that, right? We, we do that, right? I'm talking beyond that, right? So the first thing that we do is we look at our MISER account. Very easy, right? Is there money there? If there is, then it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Like we just give. Now, what happens, like we've been given an opportunity, we give, right? Now, what happens if there's no money there, which happens often? Remember that account goes down to zero very, very often because we give constantly from there. So then we look at the need and the cause. Is this something that I feel very moved by? Because remember, we've talked about the order of giving as, as stipulated by the Rambam, but also about how within that, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of white space for us to choose. In example, we have to give, we're commanded to give to the poor in our city or to the poor in Eretz Israel, right? Well, among those things, there's a lot of leeway for you, what, what moves you, right? There might be causes that are more meaningful to you, education, widows, orphans, people with medical needs, people with disabilities. So you have to look at the opportunity presented to you. And yes, ideally, we would say yes immediately and to everything. But realistically, it's more like, oh my goodness, is this something that I feel very compelled, like I must step in and help with? And if that is so, and you don't have it in your MISER account, then I would encourage you to, yes, overextend yourself and see if you can give 
Even if you don't have the money, can you give from your checking account or from your savings? Can you test God, basically, going back to that conversation we had a couple weeks ago, right? Can you test God and give the money even before he has given it to you, right? Does that mean that you go into debt? No. It means that you look at what you have currently available and you say, I'm going out on a limb. This is too important and I can't pass up this opportunity because if God put it in front of me and it's something that God has placed an affinity for within me, right? It's something that I feel so, right? So I'm going to say yes. Now, sometimes this thing is not as meaningful to you. And what I would encourage you to do is not to say, and, and you don't have the money, like you don't, you don't have the money um, sitting in your MISA account. Like that, that's not, not even a question, right? So let's say something is not as meaningful to you um, and you don't have the money. Um, and you know, maybe you've overcommitted yourself on some other, other area. So what I would encourage you also to think about is how can I say yes? So sometimes we don't, it doesn't have to be a no, we don't have to say no, but we have can say yes in a way that works for us, right? What is a, what is a yes that can work for you? Maybe it's a small amount, right? Maybe you can't even, and that, that might, might be the easy, the easiest thing, right? Okay. So I'll give a small amount from my savings or my checkings, right? Because the opportunity obviously came to me for a reason. I'm going to try to anyway help out, even though this is not like the super most meaningful thing to me. Um, and I'm going to give it something, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to give as much as I would give to something that's really important. Fine. That's excellent. But maybe you can't even give a small amount, right? Then you say one minute. So I can't give, but here's what I can do for you. Right. And that can be sharing the opportunity with others in your social platforms, in your WhatsApp groups, in your whatever. Right. Or it could be providing food or other resources, time, expertise. You know, we talked in this episode with uh, Rabbi Rothman earlier this week about this idea of, you know, how we give and the hospitality that could be attached to it. And there's a whole conversation um, that might be insightful to listen to um, on this topic, uh, Rena. So thanks for the question. I hope that was helpful. Rachel asks via email. She says, I have done my sir Baruch Hashem, and I absolutely agree with you. It is the best investment. Beautiful. I'm so glad. All right. I used a spreadsheet to track it, but I learned from you, uh, from your show ha- about having a separate account, which makes sense. I'm curious, is there a particular account that's useful for this with no fees for transaction or minimum necessary in the account? Okay, great question. Um, and whoever's been listening to the show for a very, very long time kind of knows the answer. This show turned into like a, a, a an unplanned ad for Capital One. <laughs> I didn't mean that to become that. It happens to be that that's how I do it. You can find other ways, but listen, let's just, let's just backtrack a bit. Very, very good, um, Rachel, that you've been tracking it with a spreadsheet. That's also excellent. I do think that a step up is to have an account. I just think it just makes it all so seamless and easy. Um, so yes, I go back to Capital One, not sponsored, but really any bank Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, any bank that allows you to have sub savings accounts with no fees for transfers or low balance fees, that should be a bank that we use. Okay. Cause that, that allows us to really facilitates us to fulfill this very, very important, uh, basic obligation. This, this category number one in the Jewish financial system, right? So I believe Ally Bank also has this and many people are happy with with them. Um, So many of the online banks at this point um, will have this ability. Um, For sure, not the big 
uh, brick and mortar banks, uh, like mm, for sure, not Bank of America, not Wells Fargo. I would totally stay away from those um, for many reasons, this being one of them. Um, so, you know, look, do a little digging, uh, but you just want to make sure we've said this many times on the show that the bank is a FDIC insured. Um, you just want to make sure that is that is the case. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for the question, Rachel. Um, let, let me know what bank you settle on and good luck with that. But it should be pretty easy to find. And and I, I think a lot of these institutions are very flexible. And so you'll find that you'll be able to have sub accounts, not just for your MISER, but for your different savings goals. All right. Sarah asks on LinkedIn, how do I manage kids on vacation while building out a massive online summit at the same time? Oi, 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 Sarah, I feel your pain. I guess Sarah is an entrepreneur um, and she's involved in, you know, building out this online summit, whether it be, I don't know, for herself or for her client. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's one of those like work, child, work and child, you know, work management, child management, you know, kind of lifestyle related questions. I love the question. I love the struggle. I can relate to it. This is one of those calendar mishaps, you know, like, why did I plan the online summit at the same time as the kids were going to be out of school? Like, what were we thinking? Right. Um, you know, and I'll say something and I'm kind of this is kind of like a self-reflection, but maybe it helps everybody else. You know, sometimes we don't want to delay things, but the rush kind of comes back to bite us, right? And, and and so I always go back to, well, why didn't I schedule this at a later time? Was was it, you know, sometimes it's an oversight, like a real oversight. Okay, that's fine. But sometimes we intentionally feel like, no, 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 it has to be now, right? And so if so, it's like, well, what was I afraid of? Like, why, why, why did it have to be now? Was I scared that I wouldn't have the income? You know, kind of these hard questions, like where is my bitachon then, right? Because if I'd really had bitachon, I would have known that I can't accelerate or delay it. And, uh, you know, it comes when it comes. And I'd known that I don't have to sacrifice my divine service, so to, so to speak, um, in this case, taking care of my children <laughs> for the launch, the summit, the program, the whatever, you name it, right? I'm talking to all of us entrepreneurs in the audience, right? So so that's kind of like just me sharing the way I would do like a self-accounting and check with myself, right? But you didn't come here for that, Sarah. You came for practical advice. By the way, FYI, learning Bitachon, drilling it into your head is actually really practical. <laughs> it's actually very practical. So do learn it, do study it. That's the best thing you can do. All right. Um, and so back to practicalities. You know, I think, Sarah, this is one of those things that it's either going to cost you time or money, right? You, 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 we get to choose now at this point. Like, do I not sleep or do I, you know, and not eat, you know, or do I spend money in, in, in one of two things or maybe both hiring, you know, hiring more help to be with the kids. Maybe that means enrolling them in a camp and like pronto, right? Or hiring a mother's helper, a teen who can be in the house with them from say 11 to four or whatever it is. Like, I guess that's the job that my daughter's being hired for, for a working mother, right? Um, and or hiring more help for myself, right? So, you know, what, whether that be in the house with the household chores, like cleaning and cooking, and or more importantly, hiring more help in my business, right? So one of, you know, one of two areas or both, like with the children or with my business. 
I would say, Sarah, let's throw money at this problem. <laughs> like now we're here, right? <laughs> let's just throw money at it. You know, get as much help as you can get to take things off your plate from the summit and from the house so that you can spend some time with your children too. And yeah, do add some help with the kids too. But bottom line is you do want to have some time with them. Now, I don't know about all the time. <laughs> I get that, you know, that's why camp was created, people. Um, but you, you can't make yourself crazy here. Life is too short, you know, so let's just throw some money at this problem. And then next time, you know, you're just going to make sure that when you sit with your team uh, or with your work schedule and you look at your calendar, you know, you're going to for sure say, guys, we're not doing this. Like these and these dates, I am off. There's no big programs running these dates, right? Because we learn from experience. But now let's just move forward, work on your summit. Hopefully you can pay more people to help you with that so that it doesn't have to consume all of your time. Even though I'm sure like, you know, even when we delegate, it's for sure. But hopefully you can pay people to be part of that team to support you. Um, and so that it, it can, it doesn't have to take away your sanity and your sleep. Um, and then work with the fact that we have children too and get help with that as well. And, 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 you know, get, get pay, pay for that. And then let's just put the problem on Hashem's shoulders. I tell you, like, you know, trust that he's going to send the right help the right help in the in your business in your household for your children and the money to pay for the help and the success in the summit as well that's also that's also on him right it's not just on us it's also on him so let's just also put it on his shoulders let's do what we need to do put money on this problem Let's trust in Hashem because he can do it all. He can do all those things. All right. And on that note, if anyone still wants to join my weekly Bitachon class for ladies, uh, you can do it. It's ongoing. We just finished the first round, the second round, I should say. Yes, the second round of the Gate of Trust. And the lady said, well, we want to continue. And I gave him an option and we decided we're learning the base Levi. So we just started that very, very, very fun because we're tying it all back to the concepts and the gift of trust. Anyway, really, really fun class. Really encourage you to join. Yeah, eltrush.com forward slash bitachon. That's where you register. And that's a wrap, my friends. I hope everybody has a good Shabbos and I will see you here next week.